Peter, your other co-host. Welcome to our late episode it's about super Leviathan. Late. We're sorry. We're just terrible. We don't even really have good excuses, except for like a mountain of scheduling conflicts. Yeah, well, we're both busy and don't really like talking to each other that much. It's true. That's, so. It's sort of like Mythbusters. Um, <laughs> it's like a trivia fact. The hosts don't like each other. <laughs> Did you know they secretly don't get along in real life? Oh, God, no one's ever heard about that. Yeah, well, secret's out. Shh, don't tell anyone. All right, guys, this episode's very exciting. Uh, not because it's late. We do that all the time. <laughs> That's but not exciting. It's, it's because this is the first it's episode. It's because we're going to on... edit. Yay, oh, Cece. Yeah, be, be kind. I, <laughs> I have never done this before. I got, like, a 10-minute overview. We'll see how it goes. Well, yay. Yay. Okay. So, we're talking about Leviathan Weeks. Uh, Peter, I have not watched The Expanse. How does it compare? Well, Cece, I have not watched The Expanse in a year. However, <laughs> let me tell you I what I do like know about. I think there's a whole character in The Expanse, based on the internet, who is not in this particular novel. I'm sorry, say again? The internet tells me that there's an entire character in The Expanse who's not in this particular novel, though I'm sure they show up in later episodes. Or installations in the series. Well, uh, this episode covers season one and two. Is that how it works? I was wondering. Yeah, rather this book. This book it covers season one and two, and then the sequel, I believe, covers the third season. Gotcha. So if you see a character list off of the TV show and you don't recognize the name, they'll probably show up in a later book. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, I definitely plan on continuing to read the series. Even though it took me like 10 hours to get into it. And again, listen to it on audiobook. That's about half the book. I was not like, I, it was an interesting world, but it was not grabbing me for some reason. Absolutely. And in fact, the TV show is basically that too. Really? I started watching the TV show and I just couldn't get into it. it they didn't do a very good job with the pilot. Now, originally I thought that was just bad producing, but Apparently. I'm realizing now that's just kind of how the book works. Because <laughs> none um, of the characters are that likable. <laughs> At least not like the main ones. Yeah, I don't really like Miller. Uh, yeah, he's mostly like, creepy. Yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Thank uh, you. I'm so glad you feel to, that are way. Are we getting on this now? Are we going to no, start? No, off no, no. Finish talking about the characters. We'll get into it in uh, a minute. <laughs> well, then you know, Holden is like fine, but he's like your, you're just like your general, uh, you know. It's like, just like, like not that likable. Yeah. Know. Straight he's pretty laced. Cookie cutter. Yeah. And not very exciting. Of, like, I'm kind of with Miller in that his naive optimism and idealism is great <laughs> like oh which is God, ironic because yes. i'm extremely naive but he's actually naive with a lot of impact like almost exclusively negative impact no right yeah he i mean he has these great ideas yeah and like that's awesome great i'm glad you I'm think for that it. everyone I'm will just take a second and chill yes i'm glad that you think humanity is good i mean you're, you're wrong, wrong. <laughs> oh, of course you're wrong <laughs> Humanity sucks. But it's really nice that you think that. Yeah, I appreciate your optimism and your outlook. However, you should really keep it hidden and dark in a secret place because Stop it's wrong. Stop trying to impose it on other people. They will disappoint you. Oh my god, yes. Um, 
Yeah, so Holden... I mean, some of the side characters are cool. Like, Amos is funny, and... I don't know. I like uh, Amos. I like Naomi. Yeah, Naomi's pretty baller. Um, Alex is I, That seemed funny. to be sort of the moral of the story, is that Naomi's baller. <laughs> and or listen to the women in your life. <laughs> it's like, um, that's sort of where it was going true. for a while. That's it kind of it. True. Yeah. What would the woman you love do? Do that. <laughs> <laughs> Important lesson for all men <laughs> and lesbians. Um. Well, well, here's the... I will, I mean, not all men, CC, gay men. Duh. Oh, you're um, so sorry. So... CC, Thanos tried that. Like, not to, like, completely change Thanos the topic tried. of this conversation, but <laughs> Thanos did everything because he fell in love with death. And, um... Whoa, Mr. Comics over here. Yeah, hi. I didn't actually read the comics. I just have friends that did. knowledge from Wikipedia and Liam. Uh, Liam also knows Wikipedia. <laughs> the other one. Anyway, So, that on. is what Thanos did, and he was right. So, that's, uh... <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yep. Okay, okay so, so anyway, I don't know what that pause was. Let's talk about Miller. Is, now I have to edit that out, Peter. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about Miller and his extremely creepy <laughs> fixation. Like, I feel like there's probably people who read that and were like, that's kind of romantic. It's not. It's stalker behavior. The I mean, people I that was do literally that... hired to stalker, but it doesn't make it okay. <laughs> He was hired to stalk her, then he got fired from stalking her, and he continued to stalk her. He kept stalking her! Yeah, like, if he, he was, like... hallucinating her, saying, like, you belong with me. As though, like, she wanted him to die so he could be with her. Like, what? No. No. Yeah. She is not consenting to any of this. Oh, God, right? And what if there was an afterlife, and it's just like, oh, this is super, super awkward. Yeah, no. Julie's did just you, there, Did like, you see all of that? Yeah. Oh. I, that was my favorite part at the end where they like meet sort of and she's like who are you and he's like oh yeah you don't know who the fuck i am i've just been obsessed with you for i don't know maybe a year and you don't know who i am yeah i'm uh, a stranger an old stranger yeah like how no, old do totally. you think miller is I would guess probably, but the way they talk about him, I would say like his early mid forties, late early fifties. Yeah, I would say so. At least he looks that way. It's like that guy that like you see working at like 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 he got like laid off towards the end of his working career, and you yeah, see he's him sort working. Of scraping by until he makes social security. Yeah, you see him working somewhere that's like weird to see them working. Yeah, yeah. Miller seems like that to me. Miller would go and get a job at like Wendy's now. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't. He decided to keep stalking his family. He didn't. Girl. He became a stalker instead. He started stalking this young girl. Like, young. Young girl. Like, she's like teenager. age appropriate. I mean, None is there... This is okay. Right, oh, oh, is there an appropriate age for stalking, Cece? <laughs> if you're gonna stalk, at least stalk someone your age. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Leave the young to stalk the young. <laughs> Feel free to give them tips or points. You just have nothing in common with her, you know? I mean, oh, you God. also like her eyeballs. What? You also like her eyeballs. Ew. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Miller's a creep, and... <laughs> There's no excuse for what he does. Uh, yeah, there really is no excuse. <laughs> and, like, I don't know, he goes off to kill himself, and Holden's like, do you have anything you want me to do? And he's, like, only talking about things related to Julie, and... 
like, you have an ex-wife, you don't want to say anything to her. Like, I guess that was a really bitter divorce, but that just seems, like, sad. There's a lot that's sad about Miller. I'd at least get, like, a final shot at her. Yeah. (laughs) Even if it was really bitter, I'd be like, tell Candace she was a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be like, oh my god, he killed himself? Oh, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Call me a bitch with his last words. (laughs) It's it's fucking cold. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) So that's Miller for you. Yeah, so classic but I mean, he, he, I, I liked him from Naomi's perspective when she like had that conversation with Holden about like, well, he was right. Like he's just similar to you, but has different a different moral code. Yeah, I, mean, I think the whole idea there is that like they are sim, they're like, they're you know the quintessential Earther and the quintessential Belter. Yeah, I guess that's true. Although we don't mean well, I, what other Earther do we mean? Oh, Havelock. Havelock's pretty different from Holden. Um, yeah, but I feel like they have similar, like, stances. Like, Holden's, like, you know... I can see Holden being a representation of, like, the current ideal human, sort of. No, you know what I, I mean? Like, the current hopeful... ideal Earther. Yeah. Like, to Earthers, I bet Holden is, like, the ideal human. Like, he has a lot of hope for humanity. He still believes in, you know, humanity's progress. He still believes that people are generally good. But... Miller is the quintessential belter, the the guy, the like you know the the streetwise, uh, intelligent, you know, um, uh, willing sort to of bend the rules, c- cynical. Yeah, very cynical, but sees the world as it is. Um, you know, knows the belter condition, doesn't see everything as all roses and, you know, perfume. Yeah, for sure. That's very interesting. Um, this this book couldn't really decide what it was did you feel that way too it was like so mm. many subgenres. it was like a cop noir it was political intrigue it was like slowly becoming like oh like a pathogen fiction type of a thing you know and then all of a sudden it was like zombie horror (laughs) yeah but also aliens so i was totally on board with everything else but when they started basically talking about zombies, it was like, all right. Because, like, here's what I saw it, right? Yeah. Like, the real world isn't, you know, a cop novel. It isn't a, a, just a strictly, like, science fiction space battle or something. Like, like, the real world is an intermixing of various things. So, like, I think that the way the, the author did it, um, like, the way James Corey did it was interesting in that he wrote these different storylines, that had mm. different aspects of a world. Holden was was the spacefarer. He had the military background. He had, you know, he was a merchant, um, things like that. And then you have Miller, who was who was the detective, who was the the seedy underground type, who you know had the right. contacts and, and had an informant or two. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a uh, like th- those are kind of two aspects of the of this world. It's when zombies came out that I was a little. Right. Yeah, I was a little like, all right, come on. Like, I get it, I do, and I think it's kind of cool that like they're one of the in between tr- mutations of the pathogen. But well, it's funny because when that happened, I was like thinking about it, sort of trying to like, I guess resolve it with the rest of the book because honestly, like, my only impression going into this book was like one scene of the expanse that I like walked in the room and saw and then walked away, which was I think like. Naomi 
was the only person that I really remember from that scene, but presumably the rest of the Rossi crew, like, in a ship dealing with some sort of crisis or another. That's <laughs> and, fine, because Naomi's wonderful. So if you only remember one thing, it's, it's It should Naomi. be Naomi. Yeah, That's for fine. sure. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, oh, so it's like a Firefly thing. Like, one of those sort of, it's the future of human space travel. There's not really much in the way of alien life. Like... You know, obviously not like a total Firefly thing, but it's just sort of like, it's in the solar system, it's like the future, but not like the far flung, we can't even remember what humans used to be like future, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, we're dealing with alien pathogens. So, I was thinking about it a lot, about the zombies, and I'm like, is that just a term they were using? You know what I mean? And then that made me think... (laughs) What are zombies more than just a term? Because there's so many different versions (laughs) of them. That's true. It's so very much an umbrella of them term. Are like the literal risen dead anymore because that's boring. Yeah, no, absolutely. A, a risen dead is boring because one, they're so weak. They're mostly decayed. You can just kind of push one over. Yeah. You know, <laughs> okay. it's cool when it's like an infected type, like a viral. Um, yeah, like a uh, Z sort of, type thing. Something yeah, no, exactly. Like that's why, like you know, I Not I believe saying. a zombie apocalypse <laughs> is completely possible. I, I am open about that belief. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. I, I have I have running zombie theories, and I have a plan for how to best kill myself if the day should come, because there's no way I'm going to try to survive a zombie apocalypse. That sounds shitty. <laughs> no way. I'm just going to be peace out. I'm going to get very drunk on some fine scotch and peace out. All the um, fine scotch, really. Yeah, all the fine scotch. I mean, if, assuming it happens after, you know, July 13th, because I'm not 21 yet, of course. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, can, cannot drink underage. That would be very illegal. You don't even know if you like fine scotch. I'm just assuming because it has the word fine in it that I'll enjoy it. Um, (laughs) Safe assumption, but you never know. You (laughs) can have terrible taste. I love eating fine sandpaper. It's kind of like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it keeps your throat nice and smooth. (laughs) Uh, Jesus, what a horrifying thought. Right, let's, let's so zombies fiction. but like i i was literally like because it was it was seeming to be like the word that the the characters reached for more than it was like the literal reality because it wasn't like typical like zombies bite you thing but they were kind of barfing on you so i could see that being a straight up zombie story okay yeah but, also but then they the stopped thing. being zombies and just sort of became like one gross confluent flesh ship okay so here's here's what i'm thinking right the um the author Proto molecule. Oh, go on. Never really says zombie. No. Like I what it happens is it comes up in the character's dialogue. Which I I mean, okay, yeah, it's still the author saying it. Duh. Yeah. I mean, um but it's like he's but I I'm this supports your argument that like maybe it's just what the you know, in pop culture I'm assuming the idea of a zombie never really goes away. Yeah, this isn't that far in the future. Yeah, exactly. Um, and still, you know, that's like a that's an exciting trope. Um, yeah, and, and still, people always love it. As George Romero once said, "the blue collar monster." <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, so the you know, I think that's like a, something that'll stick around for a long time. Some form of it. Yeah. So I think calling them like people like going, because if I saw someone that was like stumbling towards me, that I know is infected with something, and trying to get to me and barfing. I, my, some first kind of thought, flu zombie. my first thought is zombie. 
Yeah. <laughs> if I see a well, bunch, of, if I see one, okay. If I see a bunch of them, yeah, zombie. No, zombie for sure. For sure. Zombie for sure. <laughs> and the first time they saw them, they got off of a tram in a group of zombies. But would you really think they were zombies, or would you just call them that for lack of a better word? I'd call them for lack Does of a better word. Does it fucking matter? I'm, I'm not going to yell <laughs> infected. Like, no, hell, I'm calling them Plague. zombies. <laughs> um, well, I think it's Holden who thinks, like, who remembers looking at videos of victims of hemorrhagic fevers and saying that this is what they looked like. So even he wasn't literally like, oh, it's the zombie virus finally came for us. <laughs> he was like, these are super sick people who aren't in control of themselves. I don't know. Yeah. It was weird. It's like so, I, such uh, a weird tangent because honestly, I thought that was going to be a much bigger part of the book than it was. And again, the book was like, no, 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 no. You no, don't understand me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, You'll never understand me. You're like, oh no, cool, a horror novel. Got it. I'm on board. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, there were definitely there was definitely horror parts of it. Like, not it wasn't like thriller horror, but like the kind of concepts were horrifying. Oh, absolutely. The whole idea of the proto molecule. Actually, you want to move on to the proto molecule? Yeah, let's move on to the proto molecule, which I barely right. understand, by the way. Yeah, I don't get it. It's so strange. What, what I'm. The closest thing I can get it to is... I don't remember any of the actual, like, biology terms. Um, so not many. Explain, they didn't use many actual biology terms. No, I don't remember. No, not in there. I mean, like, in real life. Oh, um, okay. I'll correct you. The cl- <laughs> There's no correction. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> there, will only be, there will only be putting it in blank spots. Um, <laughs> so, you know, you know how, like, they're... When, um, when, when your, your, your DNA... Your, your body's like, all right, cool. Time to make more cells. Let's go. Right? And then it takes a cell... It takes some DNA out of the library of the nucleus... Yes. Right? That's what happens, right? Well, it makes a copy of the DNA. Yeah, but it's got to get to it first. Sure. Yeah, so it goes I mean, the nucleus gets... starts falling apart. Yeah, so it goes and gets a copy from the library. Or it goes yes. and gets, a, hits, hit, gets the original from the library, takes it over, splits the it over. The copy machine. Yeah, it takes <laughs> over to the copier, cuts it in half, <laughs> and and then uh, and sneaks on in there and makes a copy of it, right? Sure. Let's say that because well, I mean, if we're, we're, I mean, I'm, I'm, this metaphor is falling apart. But anyway, so yes, so you right, copy right. the DNA, you split open the cell, you take it, you pull one half one way, one half the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And I guess it like reforms on both sides with two things. Yeah. All right, sick. Sort of. So, here's my thinking: the proto molecule is like that on steroids. That's cancer. No, 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 no. That's no. what cancer is. It's combined. <laughs> no, it's combined. Unlimited with- cell reproduction is cancer. <laughs> you just described cancer. <laughs> Go Which on. Which possibly might be the definition of cancer. Um, <laughs> anyway, no. So my point is then, like, but then, like, it's that combined with, like, an act, like, a very intelligent CRISPR. Yes. Okay. Yes. We keep coming back to CRISPR. Because CRISPR I was wonderful. CRISPR. Because they were like, oh, this is this prefabricated mechanism for the manipulation of living systems. Actual quote, I wrote it down because I was like, oh, so it's CRISPR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ha- we guys, we've had that. But it's clearly not CRISPR because this one's like automated. I mean, CRISPR is automated to tell the bacterial cell what uh, what bacteriophages have invaded it before so it can like attack them. But it, it my point is... Not quite as complex, but it does seem like a really intense version of CRISPR. I don't know no, if it's, it's like doing super much intelligent growing, CRISPR. But it's weird because it also seems to like use the biomass for computing power somehow. Well, Isn't that see, what it sounded like? No, here's my thought. 
that's a pro like that's it's like CRISPR with a library it totes around. So like the so like the idea is that the protomolecule is some sort of alien construct, right? Right. Okay. What if it's the aliens sent them out and we're like, alright, cool, you find whatever biomass you can and here then you build this machine. Hi, we designed this biological machine to communicate with us. Is that what they wanted? They wanted it to like transmit back? I don't know. That's a good theory, though, because I've been wondering. I'm like, that was like a couple billion years ago. What, what, a, why haven't the aliens showed up to be like, hey, how'd that project go? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe they stopped by and they're like, ah, shit, it went too far. Like, now there's intelligent life. We'll move on. Maybe they're no. aliens with a conscience. Maybe it was just a dick move. Maybe. Maybe they're just sending it out into the universe. They're like, fuck you guys. We're not coming by, but we, we don't do want to mess up your systems. We don't know that the aliens haven't destroyed themselves. That's a good point. Because um, God knows intelligent species can destroy themselves. Hi. We can talk about it another time, but there's a theory that all intelligent life... Um, well, we won't talk... Well, you and I can talk about it offline some other time. But there's Sorry, this theory listeners. that this all intelligent time. life... This is sibling talk time. Um... <laughs> In the universe, there's a, a, a constant, and it's that it's the idea of first in, last out, and it's that the first species to reach interstellar, like in an in, in interstellar civilization, will be able to um, uh, will will Dif- be overcome will be, any civilizations that follow. Yeah, exactly, and like you know, not to, to subdue and destroy, ahead. but like they will have the lead. And the idea right. is that if you reach interstellar society first, um, you're more likely to succeed and continue to grow and, and be, you know, constant, be a, there a constant in the universe. Basically, if you didn't destroy yourself before you reach the stars, uh, you're, you'll be good. You'll probably be good for a while as other civilizations pop up until you're the last one there, and then by the end you'll destroy yourself. Because you have no one else to fight. Yeah, exactly. No one else to fight. No one else to, to distract you. No one else to unite people within your borders. Because yeah. it's a very good theory that no species can survive if it's fighting itself. Yeah. So if there if there are multiple great and bountiful human empires, uh, you know we're we're not we're not in good shape. We're gonna destroy each other. I mean, case in point, this book like <laughs> humanity has spread across just the solar system and it's already tearing itself apart. Absolutely. Like the idea that Mars would go to war with Earth is like so wild to me. And there's so much weird, there's so many weird layers to this story that are stem from the fact that these different civilizations, like settlements of humanity, started as corporations, you know what I mean? Like, um, what was it called? Tycho was the one yeah. who, who, like, basically created the belt by, like, making these um, asteroids habitable. Like, <laughs> By the way, super cool idea. Super cool idea. The way they like make them spin and all that stuff. It's really interesting. Did it, did Tycho remind you of Tesla? <laughs> uh, a little bit. Yeah, a corporation that's like we will live in space. <laughs> well, like Tesla or just yeah, you know, I mean, I say Tesla. What I just mean is Elon Musk. Not yeah, not Tesla. SpaceX closer, but most of all, Elon Musk. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I definitely had that moment. But it's just like, it's weird because you have these human settlements that are based out of a private company, but then they get their own governments. It's so Mm -hmm. strange, you know? 
does that I, seem weird to you? <laughs> I, no, it's just no. hard for me to wrap my head around. I mean, it makes sense to me. So, like, you know, you 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 get there and you establish you you may be like, all right. So, like, say we're coming from Earth, right? Yeah. And you know, so you know, um, Corporation A takes like establishes a sustainable colony on Mars. Yeah. Okay, well, Corporation A was able to start off the colony using private resources, maybe some government grants, but mostly their private resources and funders. Okay. Okay, well, now uh, Corporation A has a population they're taking care of. Right. Completely separate from the Dominion of Earth, right? Yes. Well, it's still under, there will be some sort of way it's under Earth laws or under set laws about Mars. It's away from all support. Um, so it's not like having a business, right? You have a, you have a city. So now they have to, uh, they have to establish a law-keeping force. Okay. They have to stop establish some sort of judiciary, because if they don't, then they'll have unwanted detention on Earth. Right. Okay. So as it moves on, they kind of to to support their own system, and to support and to kind of meet probably standards that I think are very realistic and very likely that if it were to happen coming from Earth, they'll have to what amounts to what establish what amounts to establishing a government. They'll have to right. say, oh, okay, well, the uh, the workers have to be able to represent themselves. Okay, um, that's election. That's democracy. Okay, the workers have to be able to, you know, plead cases against each other to settle disputes. Oh, and now you have a judiciary. Um, you know, it, it builds up and up and up until eventually you have a, a fully sustaining government. I just, like, have a weird curiosity about the logistics. Like, I'm more interested in the space government than I am in our government. Like, do you pay taxes or do you just pay rent? Are there homeowners on you know in the belt that's a great question i you know i'm they don't answer it but i i feel like there must be uh because yeah. the but i say like some people have you know but it's just like it's probably taxes like it you know just like there there's a there's a station authority on arrows right right there there was some level of of, of structure <clears throat> there was uh the i forget what they called him but like basically the station manager right who was appointed by whatever government was, was it a magistrate maybe yeah, like a magistrate, whichever controlled technically that area. So, so that brings me to my next question. Is the OPA actually government? Because it seemed like in the beginning it was like a terrorist organization. It's a terrorist organization, 100%. So then who no rules doubt. the belt? Earth, technically? The UN? I think Earth and Mars come to agreements about like things like Eros, like new, but it wouldn't match to neutral ground. Um... And so, like, they probably... Because whenever the... When, like, arrows started going nuts, the magistrate, like, ran for, like, Mars. I think it was. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, like... And Earth pulled out, and everyone was like, nah, not my problem. Yeah, so if, if that was, you know... If, like, they... It was an... Op- if the the belters ran, ran themselves, I don't imagine that the magistrate would have been someone who had to <clears> flee <throat> the belt. You know, I imagine they would have found, you know, gone to their comfortable home somewhere in the belt. That's true. Yeah, that makes sense. It's yeah. It's just an interesting world. I I like want to read a index about it. <laughs> I, I want to read a yeah, yeah an in a uh, an appendix. You know, like a, I want to read Encyclopedia Britannica circa twenty three hundred. Yeah, basically. Um, but yeah, it seems like the whole Belter planetoid sort of dichotomy is. I guess, what do they call them? Inners? Mm-hmm. Couldn't think of a good word for it. Um, it seems, like, kind of similar to, like, colonialism now, now that we're talking about the way these governments are formed and, like, 
technically the planets own the belt, but the belt like wants to self-govern. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I was gonna when you were asking earlier about how it works with like the corporations running that. My literal first thought was the um, the East India Company. I was about to say East India Company. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, they established colonial governments. And like the you know those people the brits could live a like comfortable life in india but it didn't make anything better for the indians yeah no it probably made things worse yeah but i think it did make things worse pretty much over the world the world over it made things worse <laughs> yeah india and anywhere else the Indian company was because it was pretty much everywhere and just colonialism in general yeah it really reminded me of that but it's funny because there are no natives they just like created natives that yeah, would then I mean- resent them uh, you know, so the interesting thing is it's like it's like if colonization worked where like the first you know Europeans to move to South Africa then became the lower class yeah kind of yeah because like so well it would be the servants they sent ahead to build their city for them that's a good you know what that's a great point it's like it's, it's like if in South Africa like a couple dudes showed up with a ton of I mean I'm sure it's actually how it worked I'm sure a couple guys showed up with like a couple relatively with like a bunch of slaves yeah. And they and they built their homes and they built their their civilization. They built little Britain over in South Africa. Yeah, and it was, you know, the the slaves did all the work, but it was only the people who brought them there who got to really benefit from it. And That's the slaves just got to like hang out and try to survive. Yeah, I mean maybe they ended up slightly better off than the South Africans, but they were still slaves. I wonder what a well-to-do belter looks like though. Because we only really saw like average belters. I mean, I'm not sure there is one. Yeah, maybe. But I'm saying, like, if you're if you're like a magistrate, right, and you're you're in the magistrate on Eros, like you probably have a family, and so wouldn't like all at least the physical attributes of a belter manifest in your children? And I would think like because they were talking about like you're living in an environment where like where your literal environment is uncertain, like (laughs) anything. At any moment, you could, like, lose pressure and die. And everything you do has to make sure that you're taking consideration of that. Like, it's constantly weighing on you. So you do what must be done at all times. And then you have all the physical changes. And, like, there's all these different aspects that are, like, quote-unquote, the identity of a belter. But it seems to just require that you grew up in the belt. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, no, I, like, if you're, like, as you start on, like, start up. Like, you, if you live your whole life there, you're it's always weighing on you. Yeah. It completely changes your psychology. Yeah. Um, that makes a lot of sense, actually. But then if you're an adult who comes to the belt, you have to, like, fight for acceptance at all times. Because they kept talking about, like, I don't think there's anyone who does understand the belt except belters. Yeah. That's a great point. And, um, you know, that you're right. That Like, you use the right phrase there, I feel like. It, like, the weighs on you. Like, yeah. your whole life is spent going, huh. If, a be- if that bulkhead blows, a lot of us die. Yeah. A die a pretty terrible death. Pretty much. Like, that's that's a great point. And I think that it was honestly best captured. They told the little story in the beginning about um, the guy who got murdered because he was in charge of, like, replacing the air filters and was slacking. Or, like, using cheap ones or something. Just wasn't yeah. doing his job. And he got murdered. And so they're like, give us our life support. No, absolutely. Like that but was that very... really is more important than anything else. And it, I, I don't know. I feel like of all things, that made me most understand belters. Yeah. No, I actually, I completely agree with that. I was thinking the same thing. Like, that's such a good point. Yeah. That, like, this is literally, like, 
you know, yeah, you and I know that if we stop breathing, we die. However, we live in a world where air is pretty much the only thing that's free. <laughs> Truth. Yeah. But it is free. It would be really hard to be in circumstances where you stop breathing. Yeah, I'd have to, like, purposely go places that I would stop breathing, like underwater or yeah. in someone's chokehold. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I would have to intentionally find somebody willing to choke me. Well, not that hard for you, CC. Uh, <laughs> so, um, nice burn. Thanks, sister. <laughs> that was a good singer, I thought. Uh, so, I yeah, it's um, it's it's a very weird, just um, it's a kind of a an unhealthy mindset to have, to me. But meanwhile, I'm speaking as someone who's lived in a gravity well my whole life. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think that you could say that belters are unhealthy. In fact, that's pretty racist, Peter. You earth normative jerk. Yeah, if you're under six foot, you're <laughs> pretty much way better than anyone over six foot. It's weird that, like, being short's <laughs> an elitist thing. I know, what did that happen? Because <laughs> belters aren't, like, stupid tall, are they? They're just, like, six, five and up. Or yeah, so. that's pretty stupid tall, CC. I mean, it's pretty stupid tall for an entire population to be. But yeah, no, it's like it's showing up and, like, everyone's taller than you. Like, yeah. you're used to that, but, like, I'm not. So, wait. <laughs> Theory. Yeah. All of these problems stem from the fact that people who grew up on planets have the short man complex. They all have Napoleon complexes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they treat belters like shit. It all makes sense now. They also all drive, you know, nice, really super nice pickup trucks that are cleaning. <laughs> With truck in nuts. the space equivalent, which is like a souped-up mining space, mining ship. Yeah. And they're like, you can't even afford a car. Belzer's like, whatever, I can kick your ass. <laughs> I'm taller than you. I'll steal your woman. I mean, they can't because they're super lanky and have no bone density. Uh, Poor little belters. So it's probably like super easy to break a belter bone. Their noodle arms. <laughs> I, I imagine Belters as like the the crazy like the wacky noodle people. <laughs> oh my god! I know that was like my favorite thing about Miller was that he like w- was super tall and had a stupid hat. <laughs> it's yeah, like, I love how my was <laughs> Like literally, did it ever describe it, or did you only know what it looks like because of the show? No, they described it like in the first time he showed up as like with a bowler hat. I never fucking and noticed I, and that. And I heard that, and I was like, that's dumb as shit, and I never forgot it. <laughs> it's so great, because Miller takes himself so seriously. And he has a bowler hat. And he has got this, like, little, <laughs> cliche little bowler hat, because he's, like, this noir cop. Like, I feel like you read this book, and you can totally see all of the author's, like, n- literary inspirations. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. It's just funny. No, it's it's great. I like that. I like when books tell you something about the author. Oh, I mean, oh, they all yeah, do, no. but this one really did. This one, like, this, I think this author would be either an awesome person to hang out and have a drink with, non-alcoholic, of course. It's, it's two Or people. the worst. So maybe it's one of each. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. I forgot about that. You know, this book was written by two people, if you guys didn't know. James Corey, or whatever it is, is a uh, pseudonym for two different people whose names I don't have written down, so you'll have to look it up yourself. I didn't know that, Cece. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good, because since Xavier and I are always coming up with uh, what we consider pretty awesome book ideas, I'm like, oh, cool, there's a precedent. We'll just be the next James James Corey. (laughs) What's your pseudonym going to be? Collins Collins. That's dumb as shit. (laughs) 
Especially because your last name isn't Collins. <laughs> Collins McMahon. McMahon Collins. Exactly. Well done. Um, <laughs> stupid. McMahon is a great, it's a beautiful girl's name, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, CZ. Our pseudonym for our, our books will be Collins McMahon, of course. <laughs> But I'll support McMahon Collins with Zave. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Albert keeps looking over me like, what are you saying about my name? Um, <laughs> He's like playing video games on me in the background. Hi, hi, listeners. This was some really compelling audio. <laughs> <laughs> you loved that oh, conversation. God. Yes. Look, you, you look got to your bookshelves for the best authors coming out. McMahon Collins and Collins McMahon. That's <laughs> so stupid. Oh, my Moving God. On. Anyway. Um, okay. I'm crying. <laughs> so we need to talk about the whole freedom of information debate because, like, half of this book was WikiLeaks. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, that's a great- Alright, Cece, that was a great point. What is Holden's deal? Thoughts? Holden- Holden thinks that if everybody knows everything- then there will never be any fucking problems. That is Holden's idea, and it's now, wrong. Wait, no, no, no. I'm not going to agree with Holden here completely, but I will play devil's advocate. Yeah, no, I'm not saying everything what, he thinks is wrong. No, no, would it be better... What if he had, from the start, just collected information, all of it, and at the end, as soon as he had like a better picture, released all the information he had? Well, he played right into fucking Protogen's hands with what he did. Okay, yeah, you're right. He did. But oh, you're saying waited. if he'd still released it. But released a more complete picture of it. Well, we don't know what would have happened because we have no idea what the state of the system would have been if he had waited that long. Because he, like... Like, Protogen hit the jackpot with him being the person they did this to. <laughs> because he, like, immediately was like, oh, Mars is attacking the belt. And Mars is like, what? And then... It became Earth is attacking Mars. No way. Like, why did Earth attack Mars? I still don't fucking understand that part. I understand um, that the that the stealth ship that um uh beat the whatever that dreadnought was. What was that called? I don't uh, remember. The Doniger. Oh, nice pull. Yeah, the Doniger. Um, the ships that <laughs> killed the Doniger. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I like that we're so bad at remembering details like that. That the other person feels obligated to congratulate uh, the other one. On <laughs> Good job, nice... you remembered a part of the book <laughs> yeah. that we're talking well about done. on our podcast. About books. <laughs> about books. God. Continue. You weren't mediocre for one minute. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I'm back. <laughs> Don't worry, nothing's changed. So anyway, so I get that the those ships that attacked the Donager were protogen people, right? But yeah. like, what... But then Earth randomly attacked Mars. Was Earth in league right. with Protogen? Here's my running theory, right? Okay. Shit was getting hot, right? We can agree. Yes. Shit was getting scary. Things were yeah. just like, people were saying a lot of things. They might regret a little bit. But, <laughs> um, you know, things were definitely getting heated. Okay. Earth decided, Earth government decided that there was more than like it was more likely than not for war. Like okay. they saw a greater than fifty percent chance that whatever happened was gonna end in war with Mars. But like okay. Earth's whole thing was leave us out of it. Why? No, 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 no. no. Let me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
Earth might have been going to get left out of it, but Mars was not looking like not looking away from Earth. Protogen was an Earth corporation. Okay. You know that can't be ignored. That's true. When you're a planetary government, you become at least a little bit responsible for everything that happens on your planet. I'm not saying but I think there was that anyone elite. knew that Protogen was the the start of this. I think someone was greasing someone's hands. Mm, yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, you can't pull implied. something like that off without some but, sort of level of corruption. But if Protogen was in cahoots with anyone, it was Mars. I mean, they specifically said that they were collaborating with Mars. They just didn't tell them everything. Mm, I think Protogen was probably playing multiple sides. So you think Protogen made some play to try to encourage Earth to attack Mars? They're manipulating no, no, it. Oh, no, no, no. I think that and they probably agreed some palms on Earth when they were working on this plan. Okay. And so Earth government was at least partially responsible for facilitating that. Um, and at the end of the day, Earth decided that the evidence was more likely to lead to Mars attacking Earth. And Holden had talked about it, that Earth has run countless war games on a, a war with Mars, and it loses every time without a preemptive strike. Hmm. Because Earth has more ships, but they're crap. So Earth was basically like, we're going to take out Mars' Navy while we have the chance? Earth was like, yeah, no, like, we have one... Sh- if, if war comes, we need to have... We, it needs to begin with a crippled Martian Navy. That's funny. It's ironic, because Earth is the one who ended up um, disarmed in the end. <laughs> yeah, which is which is funny. Um, but, you know, now, now Earth and Mars are at a very even footing. Mars has their interplanetary missiles, but, um... But Earth still has a navy. Right. Mars's navy isn't gone, but it's like cut in half at least. Yeah, true. Um, so you know, it's interesting that in the actually, you know what? You know, it's a lot like it's literally the Cold War. Russia <laughs> with, with Mars as Russia. Russia had the missiles. America had bombers and long and more foreign assets. That's interesting. Yeah. So, welcome to the Second Cold War. You know what else too? What? Mars is red. I knew you were going to say that. You were very excited about yourself to say that. <laughs> I'm excited for you, Peter. You're the one who saw through. I saw through the lies. To and the saw the really And everything can be brought back to the Cold War, to be, to be honest. <laughs> Pretty much. And colonialism. And colonialism and, and Hitler. Yes. Um, I said Hitler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Human experimentation. Yeah. 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 Killed millions nope. of people. Just sort of see what happened. Honestly, though, like, that's kind of... in chambers. Oh, shit. Yeah. That was so fucked. Wow, that's like... <laughs> yeah, no, what the hell was I that? I was so confused at that moment where they were, like, hopping out of the room. Like, the guy dropped. They left the room. Then they were like, radiation? <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is going on? Honestly, I mean, I think that at that point they were like... The author was like, let's make the people listening feel like the characters. Yeah, and he did. that is what happened characters are just way smarter than me and know what's going on well yeah because like this is their life like if yeah. you were a space fair i'm assuming you would be smart smarter than you are now about i would this. hope so i would hope so you would hope no uh, wait we never finished our our debate about information i don't know oh, how we got here we, i don't even think we started it really uh, um, no yeah well, you started playing devil's advocate you were saying if if holden waited till the end to release all the information yeah because people be better are, you know, not totally irrational. I mean, you know, mind you, like, I've made it no secret how much I hate people. Um, <laughs> we both have on this very podcast. On this very podcast, yes. Um, 
like I think people are awful, but you know, people are rational animals. We're not yeah. totally based on passion and, and and just emotions. Well, I bring you back to the classic men in black quote. Spock. Oh, okay. I was thinking of that, and I couldn't get this quote right, so I didn't say it. Uh, I don't know the exact wording, so forgive me, listeners, but it's that a person is intelligent, but people, in general, are insane, desperate animals. I should look up the real wording. <laughs> I, think it's a, I think it's dumb, panicky animals. Dumb, panicky animals. Something, something, something. Anyway. Uh, I'm going to look it up. You carry the conversation for a second. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, like, that idea that, like, the, um, <laughs> sorry, the, the, the idea that... You were not comfortable on the spot. Pe- people in general are, are not, like, you know, the, the, I think of it as, like, the, the idea of the mob mentality. Like, a group of people are going to make dumb decisions based on just impulse. Yes. Because everyone will have a... Generally speaking, everyone has, like, a first reaction. You know, if someone kills someone in front of a group of people, generally speaking, everyone feels disgust. Yes. You know, or fear. Like, those are pretty similar emotions, and everyone's going to feel them at the same time. Now, a a person seeing that might sit there and control their emotions and bring it under control and make a rational decision. Yes. Like, oh, the person that just died was, you know, pulling a knife to stab me. I didn't see it or something. Yeah. But a group of people might attack the, 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 the person that defended them before they really realized what happened because they all acted on that impulse and they fed off each other. The quote is, a person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. I wasn't going to yeah, imitate the delivery. And I, and I do own I do know it. I do know it. We all know it. I know it and I own it. <laughs> it is my truth. It is all of our truth. <laughs> But no, this book really is the epitome of that. Like, <laughs> Holden, bless his heart, is sitting there saying, people have a right to know about this. And, and I'm, not, I'm not telling them any conclusions. I'm just giving them the evidence. <laughs> Thinking that he's scot-free because he's not telling them what to think about it. But the implication is pretty fucking clear. And of course... It leads to insanity. Like, Miller, for example, as an individual, hears that and goes, oh, God, you dumbass. Why would you release that knowledge? Like, you know, we could have investigated that. Like, we could have dealt with that. But Mm -hmm. instead, you're giving it to everybody, and now this place is going to go to shit, and innocent people are going to die because people will draw the conclusion that you wanted them to draw, even if you didn't tell them to. Now, here's here's my thought about that. Um, because it was so very, like, it was so obvious that they were being, they were being, um, influenced, right? Like this, what do you like mean? this information was too clear and too conclusive. It was planned. <clears throat> oh, you mean the battery? Yeah. Well, the battery and like everything else that happened to Holden. Okay. Like I, you I mean, it was th- obvious that Holden was being manipulated the whole time. Yeah. It, it was very obvious to me, the reader, that he was being manipulated. Yeah. Now. I I like to think that hold and you know and Miller when he when he heard about it yeah was like yeah no you idiot you're being manipulated yeah um Holden I feel like or at least someone on his crew should have realized that they were now like if I had a group of people and they're all like no yeah like we're not being manipulated we're good I would probably be inclined to release it but like if my if something basic basically fell into my lap like that mm-hmm. 
you know, I think I would be way more hesitant about it because it would seem more obvious to me that, yeah, no, something else is going on here. I'm being manipulated. I've got to investigate this more. You know, like, if Mars was actually going to make an attack on us, they wouldn't have left a battery that said <laughs> Martian Mars Navy, Navy. Martian Navy, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> um, because the Martian <laughs> Navy is not an idiot. Yeah. Exactly. Like that's, that's my thought on it. Like, it seems like he did the whole the release of information when it was just super obvious that it was someone's plan and not a good idea. I, but I mean, like, I guess, what else could he have done to an extent? Because he... Like, he didn't really have an authority he could go to. Like, he could maybe go to Earth, but he didn't know that Earth wasn't co- collaborating with Mars. You know? Yeah. The OPA, as far as he was concerned, was pretty much just a mad terrorist organization, and, like, I guess it still kind of is, but a little bit more legit now. And he didn't know about Fred Johnson until he broadcast everything, and... I guess there was really nowhere for him to go. But... But, like, what else? I don't know. What else could he have done, but that wasn't the right thing to do? <laughs> no, I, I don't know what the right I, thing to do I was. I think the first broadcast was definitely his only option because he had no idea. He had no yeah. idea about any of this stuff. And, like, you know, at the end of the day, I was just thinking about, like, if we have an interplanetary society, who is there to trust? Like, unless you have a relationship with a government, who do you trust? Yeah, I mean... Unless you have, like, a specific person who happens to be, like, a high-ranking official who is your childhood friend, you know, what chance do you have? Like, you don't know that they're not conspiring. Yeah, exactly. Because you have no way of knowing because the scope is now so massive. But it just doesn't seem like there was ever a point in going to war with the belt. Well. Except racism. Except racism. Well, see, see, there's never been a point to racism. Plenty point enough for us in the past, but... Yeah, humanity isn't exactly known for making smart decisions regarding war and racism. <laughs> now, now here's They're my thought. They're different. Let's get them. Even if they are, like, <laughs> providing us <different>. with... <laughs> um, Even if they're providing us with useful resources. All right, but but wait, back to that. I think that the only... I think, like, after he found out about Fred Johnson, everything... So I think, like, the first broadcast was very excusable for Holden because, like, you're, he had nothing. He had nowhere I, to Yeah, go. I can excuse that for sure. I don't know that it was right, but I can excuse it. But after he learned about Fred Johnson, especially after he, like, met Fred Johnson and, like... In, like Pseudo-trusted him. And he became Fred Johnson. Um, Aww. Uh, the, um... Just came with that on the, my spot. On the spot. It's kind the of... Butcher of Station. Station. The Butcher Fred, Fred Johnson, <laughs> The Butcher of Anderson Station. Fred Johnson. The Butcher of Anderson Station. And the Butcher of my heart. <laughs> oh, oh my god! A bad thing. I don't want my heart butchered. Anyway, no, with um, with friendship. Anyway, he pushes it with love. <laughs> so anyway, after, on. He, after brought, he met Friend Johnson, after he did, no, after he met Fred Johnson, he became Friend Johnson. Right. Basically, every time, every broadcast after that was completely inexcusable. <laughs> well, he only did one more after that, right? Yeah, well, that caused more. That was the one the Bell so. was like, "Don't do it." <laughs> it was a bad idea, and, and he was Don't like, "LOL, fucking do it." LOL, YOLO, and did it. Oh wait, is that why Earth attacked Mars? What was in that broadcast again? I don't think so. Was was that the broadcast? Because he they cracked that data cube, and it was the data about um, Earth Earth origin ships attacking. Oh, the yes, donator. no, yes, I agree. Yep, that was why. That was why. Okay, that makes so much more I think, sense. I'm sorry, I think listeners. that was the piece of evidence that made Earth go, yeah, this is going to be a war. 
and uh, and attack. Oh, uh, we better get them. <laughs> I still stand by that. Earth, I don't think the Earth thing. I don't think it's going to end up being the Earth government was involved. I don't think so either. It wouldn't make any sense. Agreed. Oh it yeah, make yeah, any sense. yeah, yeah. Because that happened, and then Miller's like, "Look what you did!" And he rubbed his face in it like a dog who had peed. Yeah, like like literally ignited a war. Also, good good. I like that analogy. Good job. <laughs> Thank you. Um, he was like, "Look what you did! You did this. Smell it. <laughs> Smell <laughs> the death." <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Okay. I know what happened in this book. I'm glad, I swear we're, on, to god. I'm glad we're on the same page now. Yes. We got final understand. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that was that inexcusable was... for sure. For sure. Because he had learned, he had learned already that he didn't have all the information, that there were massive consequences, and he had allies this time, and he still fucking did it. Allies who understand the complexity of the interactions between all the all the political bodies way better than he does. Yes, they're all like, like oh, Fred Johnson's just like a politician, he's like trying to, you know, fucking play the sides, and they're like, yes, that's what you need to avoid a war. And instead, you started one. Good job. Good, Good job, job Holden. Holden. Yeah, at some point, there's going to be a reckoning, and the crew of the Rusi is going to be kind of hung out to dry. Yeah. If this well, series I mean, just, the end, doesn't end like, with them all dead. Please don't let them court martial me. <laughs> I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Please get me a pardon for all that I did. Yeah, well, he did some bad shit. He did some bad shit. He was really a bit of a shady guy. And I mean, like, there's all this talk towards the end. Because, y'all, this was like five books worth of book. Oh, my God. It, like, kept having points where it could have ended. So after, like, the third finale, um, <laughs> Naomi and Holden get together, and she's like, oh, you're, like, the best person I know. And I'm like, is he? <laughs> Not really from a sort of <laughs> ethical perspective where intentions don't matter as much as impact like he literally started a war i don't really care what his intentions were that's not great yeah i'm not saying he's like an evil bastard because he started a war but he's not a great person he started a war he's he's at worst an idiot planetary war (laughs) not just any war (laughs) interplanetary war which has the potential to end life literally annihilate humanity what the fuck Holden you dick (laughs) oh Jesus Um, well does that about wrap us up Cece I have one little tangent to go on go on it Uh, so I kept thinking about Holden's weird parenthood because it kept coming up they kept talking about it where he's like oh I'm a mix of eight different people yes Um, and I was like that's kind of weird and like not particularly likely to happen. But then literally this morning, I was driving to work and listening to Up First, which is my, you know, tradition. Um, which course, is this, of course. If anyone doesn't know, it's a like, 10-minute whoa, whoa, whoa. podcast NPR does. Don't it's advertise. NPR. I, oh, okay. It's non-profit. It's fine. <laughs> we'll have a non-profit. Anyway, it's a podcast NPR does that just, like, literally wraps you up the news in 10 minutes. And it's amazing because I don't ever, ever, ever want to spend more than 10 minutes with the news. So <laughs> That's a good policy. <laughs> they, anyway, they had this like brief little um, thing covering a Ukrainian fertility clinic that is being kind of criticized because they're currently doing this treatment, this form of IVF that technically gives the child three genetic parents. Um, Peter, have you heard about this at all? I have heard about this. 
it basically, and they were not doing a good job of explaining it, but essentially your mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, has DNA in it because it used to be a microbe um, way back in our evolutionary history. And mitochondrial DNA is passed down through the mother line. It does not mix with the father's mitochondria at all. Um, there's no crossing over there. So it's, it's rather sexist. And there are diseases that you can get through mitochondrial uh, defects. So basically they started doing this kind of IVF where you take um, the mother's egg and the father's sperm and you fertilize the mother's egg with that. And they form like a little pronucleus, which is like where they started, they came together and started fusing all their DNA together, doing all that stuff. And then you take the father's sperm and a donor's egg and you fertilize that. And then you take the pronucleus out of both of them and take the pronucleus out of the first egg or now at this point embryo formed by the two main biological parents and put it in the empty cell of the donor, the empty embryo of the donor essentially, so that it has the mitochondria of the donor and the actual genetic makeup of the mother and father. Technically creating a three-person hybrid. Okay. So what you're saying is... No, it makes total sense. (laughs) Okay, cool. cool. Um, So what you're saying is, like... It's the I don't know how they would do it, but theoretically possible it is possible that they could in the future develop some sort of treatment to create a genetic blend of many people. I I don't know if they will, because frankly that seems just prohibitively technically challenging. But if they no, were to pay I see like no a shit ton of purpose. money for it, yeah, like why couldn't those eight people just adopt a kid? I don't know. It's weird. Or like I don't know, they do like a mix. Like there's a chance <clears throat> of who's the parent. Yeah, exactly. Um... But I just thought, I was literally like, well, that's stupid. Like, I don't see that happening. And then I listened and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> it is happening. I mean, it's kind of limited at that because that's not, that's not the same as, like, cutting up the DNA and splicing it all together and, like, making a human out of it. Um, it's, like, it's literally 37 genes in the mitochondria that belong to this, like, second mother. But technically, you do have three parents at that point. Um, and there's all sorts of, like, weird ethical things with it because... Like, I don't know. what. How does personhood work in that? I mean, like, you have your identity as the first embryo, theoretically. Your genetic identity, anyway. And you take part of that genetic identity and replace it with another genetic identity. I don't know. To me, it's a biological equivalent of, like, getting a prosthetic. See, I was thinking it reminds me of uh, organ donation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, it's it doesn't affect who you are. Right, because, like, your personhood is mostly wrapped up in the genes that are in your nucleus, essentially. Yeah. Now, if I had mitochondria that were, were that had a, uh, a proclivity towards disease, yeah, no, that affect my life. Um, only negatively. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad thing. So, like, I'm pretty chill with having a more positive life than I would have had, by, like, naturally. Honestly, I think most of the time people get too wrapped up in stuff like that. I think so, too. I mean, like, it's again, not worth the conversation. If I have somebody else's liver, that's technically our four parents, if you want to talk about it that way. <laughs> yeah, so. no. And then also, if you had a if you had a mitochondria transplant surgery when you were infinite when you were an embryo, and that person had one, then you have six. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're so right. we can get up, we can get up to six parents like real fast. Or if you did, and so did your organ donor, you could have eight, and that's how Holden was born. <laughs> figured it out 
It took a long time and a lot of really remarkable forward planning. <laughs> His parents were very old by the time he was born. They were only around for the first couple of years. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right. um, we, but no, the, the last point about that is that people are concerned because technically it's kind of germline editing, which is technically a no-no. But we're still, like, messing with it. It's not just this place in Ukraine, but they're the ones who are doing it, like, sort of indiscriminately. There's also places in the U.S. and England that have, like, very controlled programs, like, going one by one. It's, like, technically an experimental treatment. But um, it helps some people have babies and, you know, <laughs> but those babies are going to pass on not artificial, just different mitochondria than the ones that they should have had. Personally, I think that I realize that that's the regulation, but I think that gene line editing is a little bit over. I think that I whole argument's a little overrated. But we have that argument at a different time, or perhaps you can do a uh, an episode on your on your bio podcast. Whenever that starts, Whenever maybe that starts. around the same time. Uh, the university. Don't say back. it. All right. <laughs> anyway. Bye, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. We're Thank so you for sorry listening. again. We're just shitheads i don't know what to say we're doing our best but we are but there are officially enough. three people in my house who don't live here that are waiting for me to come downstairs uh so, we <laughs> so we're, we're, wrap, this we're not gonna apologize for too long <clears throat> uh you guys can find us on facebook.com slash sci-fi sidebar if you want to uh follow us for announcements about when we're late and so on and so forth yeah um you can uh, email us at sci-fi sidebar at signifying nothing network.com if you want to yell at us about how we're late yeah or if you want to say literally anything we're so lonely Okay, and then, um, oh, Cece, when's our next episode going to drop? Our next episode will be dropping on the 18th of June, and we are doing Michael Crichton's classic first novel, his debut, The Andromeda Strain. Is this the big debut of Michael Crichton? This is, he wrote this, he wrote this novel when he was in medical school. All right, cool. Well, then I have a little bit of time before my first novel, of course. Yes. Just you're, wait until you're in medical school. <laughs> your time in medical school is over. You, you got your decades. <laughs> Harsh. Uh, right, yeah, so um, we were in, I'm really excited for that. It's one of my favorites. Uh, I read it in before freshman year of high school because it was on my recommended reading list. And honestly, I've loved it ever since. Um, maybe a little less morals in there, but definitely a little more discussion about, you know, aliens and shit like that. If you haven't read it... Um, that's something you should like that's something every fan of, if you're listening to this podcast you should have yeah like rama uh, every, but we also every read fan it, of so. yeah like rama every fan of sci-fi friends. should listen to read. Andromeda strain or read uh, it and, and really anything by michael Crichton. or read it or read it sure why not i don't care <laughs> i'm listening to it we're not the only ones who do audiobooks all the time but <laughs> we, we are definitely be. in the minority we're not the most ones i swear i can read yes we're both literate we promise we just, just prefer listening. Prefer we listening because it's easier. We just drive so much. Anyway. <laughs> we just drive a lot. Um, right, anyway, well, thank you guys so much. We love you. you. This has been Sci-Fi Sidebar by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. Have <laughs> a good June. <laughs> Enjoy June. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.